Practice makes perfect. That's what they say, isn't it? But you know that's wrong. So why do we still say that? Why is that saying still around? Practice makes perfect. And you know what? We even teach that to our kids, to athletes, to people we train, people we work with. <laughs> what a mess. Let's dive into this today. But firstly, intro. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. Yes, indeed. Heiko is my name. Thank you for joining me today. It's all about practice and perfection and perfect practice. Hey, tell me, do you own a car like a real car? I'm not talking about an electric one. I mean one that uses fuel, diesel, or, or petrol. Uh, you know, one with an engine and a gearbox, the type of car you can still understand more or less how it works. <laughs> and in this car, I'm sure you've got a rev counter. That's that dial you hardly ever look at. The one you often wonder, why, why did they put it in there? And it's like a fully legit question. I mean, unless you are a, a fast, you know, supernatural driver and you're constantly racing to it, and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and chances are that in your car, you never really push it to its full potential. And I mean, you could, maybe not driving-wise, you know, but I mean, engineering-wise, 6,000 revolutions per minute, 7,000, hey, even higher. The car engine was designed to handle that, but we hardly ever do it. Uh, of course, we want to say fuel, you know, the traffic rules, speed restrictions, but even then, we, why would we want to push till the red line? Well, one doesn't do it. Another example here, same with your phones, you know, I'm... I'm an iPhone fan. I've always had these iPhones. And maybe you have a, a Samsung or a Nokia or a Google phone, whatever. I always like to brag that, well, this phone has got more than uh, CPU power than Apollo 11, you know. But how much of the phone functions do I actually use? <laughs> Making calls, <laughs> sending a text, uh, checking the weather. That's more or less it. You know, there, there are so many functions, so many things the phone could do, but, but I don't use it. And so often, you can see where this is going now already. That's the status quo. You know, we have a kitchen full of appliances and we use the same old mixer anyway. Or we have a, we have a wonderful tool set in the garage, but we, there are just some certain spanners and screwdrivers that we keep in a top drawer and we use them. And, and that is somehow an imaginary protective layer. And it serves a purpose. It serves to protect us from something or other, perhaps clutter or fear it might break or for lack of understanding or for lack of time to fully understand it. Uh, of course, that's the favorite <laughs> excuse for everything, isn't it? I just don't have the time. Which brings me to the point. Practice doesn't make perfect. Dunno, shocker. <laughs> just, just take a look at runners around you. Maybe someone in your neighborhood and you've seen them. And you've seen them practice, run, over perhaps years. And w without being a run coach or, or an expert at the sport of running, but you can tell this person needs to improve their stride. Or work on their pace. It's it's so often plain to see. There's one runner here, who's got about the same height as I uh, as I have, and his stride is incredibly short. You know, if he were just to lift up his knees and to to take a longer stride, wow, that would be such a big improvement. And <clears throat> he is running. So the the right way or the correct way of saying is, and and this is by Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi, the legendary football coach. Practice does not make perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. 
That's what we're going to dive in into the next actually three shows more or less coming up. It's all about perfect practice. Now, there are two factors involved in this, the, the skill level and, of course, time. But time as in quality hours. See, time on its own, it's got, it's got nothing to do with it. Being active, being on your feet, doing the distance, it doesn't mean you will achieve anything at all. The, the goal must be about or be relatable whether you need to, to do whatever you need to do in practice to ensure you are active. And, and that, my dear listener, is a difficult one. To train effectively, it's going to take effort. But maybe like so many out there, so many people that approach me that come to me for a coaching you've already used all that effort uh, just to take the decision to finally go out and running you know all that build up just to uh, get up and then seeing that you're practicing while i am running i mean i'm out there you've actually accomplished something hmm we've got to snap out of this let's go into this a little bit deeper the tiredness or the level of fatigue it's like a barrier you know and often athletes will say they are tired especially usually on a thursday track session means You've had your day at work, you know, the whole work week, nine to five, and now perhaps, I'm not saying it's you, but, but perhaps some of you, you know, I'm talking to, <laughs> the, the Thursday track session looms ahead of you, and it might be a Wednesday session for you, or a Tuesday, wherever you're running, whatever your track sessions are. And now the, the track session is coming up, and it's like a, oh, oh, you know, and all you need to hear as you're getting out of the car, and you're, you're walking, there's another, oh, or and the hope that too or you know they're going to maybe make that track session disappear you're going to or it away <laughs> and and there's more negative talk going on you know oh, i'm dreading this today i'm not looking forward to this today or there's already this mood about it like a cloud that's coming over and and you know what's going to happen if you enter the track with a or attitude <laughs> most probably not a lot will happen i mean the time will pass you'll run You'll do the workouts. <laughs> You'll have participated in the training or practice session. Pat yourself on the shoulder. Can you hear that? I'm patting myself here. And then to make matters worse, this becomes a habit. What's the this? <laughs> the this is that practice has officially taken place. However, there's not been the amount of effort that could have been put into it. it means the training was lackluster, inadequate. <laughs> subpar which will end up in a lackluster time or even a struggle to to run the desired race you're looking forward to but and and, and those of you who've experienced it what is the result end of the session for a second let me join you let me let me show compassion for your nine to five and all the things you need to do and you know what even for oh, i'm tired okay listen up and here we need to differentiate between Mental and physical fatigue, that's it. So that's including all the compassion I can possibly have because I don't know you, you know. <laughs> you need to differentiate between mental and physical fatigue. And when we talk about fatigue, we're talking about reduced alertness, uh, reduced reaction time and effectiveness, all, all of which it, it, it manifests in the form of really a suboptimal run performance. And this mental fatigue results from most probably uh, inadequate sleep. Or when sleep and activities, when they fall outside our, uh, our biological need to consistently have the same amount of sleep which is beneficial to you, and thereby being able to be active during the day. Now, it's not the same as fatigue resulting from physical exertion. 
the mental fatigue, those who routinely sleep less than seven to nine hours of, of uh, interrupted sleep per 24-hour per period, they will have a high homeostatic drive for sleep. Wow. And, and the body is, is really struggling in a constant state of struggling to restore a balance. So when you as a runner, when you lose sleep, it can be to numerous factors. You know, before I used to travel a lot internationally, crossing a lot of time zones, and then you're like out of sync. You've maybe only slept three hours, but you've got to get up because it's already eight in the morning over there. You've got to go to the meeting. And when you're unable to perhaps stick to a consistent bedtime, social engagements, work engagement, or just COVID. And <clears throat> uh, so one is often faced with a high homeostatic and circadian drive for sleep. And the result then often is, and I can relate to that, impaired judgment, uh, re slow reaction times, and of course situational awareness, you know, the hallmarks of poor mental effectiveness. So that's mental fatigue for you, okay? That's one thing. Now the, the physical fatigue the, the physical effectiveness or energy, that's different. Factors such as uh, the type or the intensity and volume of exercise, as well as your, your well, what is your muscle fiber composition, your neuromuscular characteristics, you know, your high energy metabolite stores, you know, how much, how much capacity have they got buffered in there? So your physical energy, it can be viewed as the capacity to, to perform a certain distance and intensity of a run, a run intensity for a certain period of time. And then if we look at elite athletes, those who, who regularly engage in, you know, those high intensity trainings, they are far less susceptible to, to physical fatigue than those who just sometimes spike up. Now, these are elite athletes. They run faster. They lift more weights. You know, they do a whole lot of more around um, the upper body strength. And of course, they perform for longer periods of time because they've got a better physical conditioning. So the difference between mental and physical fatigue, mental and physical energy, they are, they are governed by, by different underlying processes. They, they are separate biological functions. Now, they can still, and they do, coexist. If, if one's physically exhausted because you've had a high-intensity run, then maybe... You, you're going to struggle to run the next day, but hang on, your alertness and concentration will remain intact. So what does this mean? So let's say yesterday you had a tough training session, really tough. Run. I mean, it was sweat. You could taste that metallic taste in your mouth. What, what do you mean? You don't know what I'm talking about. That's if you really push yourself. There's going to be some reaction inside your mouth. You're going to have a different taste of that spit of that saliva coming out. That's when you're pushing yourself. Okay, for you it might be just that your face suddenly feels completely different. Now, on the next day, you will still be able to be mentally extremely sharp. There will be no or little impact on your mental performance. But when you are mentally exhausted because you haven't slept well, your alertness will suffer and your physical performance um, 
you know, it will be preserved. And, and while the sleep loss, it'll affect not only your mood, like, oh, no, I don't want to go Thursday session, your motivation, oh, do I really want to go? The weather's not looking good. Your situational awareness and your alertness. And, and this is the important part. It doesn't directly affect cardiovascular or respiratory responses to the exercise means aerobic and anaerobic performance capability or, or muscle strength. Everything is there. But time to physical exhaustion is a lot shorter and, and the perception of exertion and endurance, it's, it's completely distorted. <laughs> so what exactly causes those Thursdays, oh no moments, or the, the mental fatigue? And it's all about decision making at the end of the day. Decision making. Constant decision making it can be extremely exhausting on your executive functions. Um, there's, also, there's also clutter. You know, the scientists have shown that, that the clutter triggers the production of cortisol or the stress hormone. So the more cluttered going there on the Thursday, you know, your physical surroundings are and your headspace is, oh, I still need to do this, I still need to do that, you haven't written it down, maybe you, haven't, maybe you don't even remember properly what you want to practice today on that track session. The more stressed out you're going to be, and this prolonged stress, because you haven't prepared properly mentally for what you're going to do, yeah? and maybe even you're physically <laughs> exhausted, now the, it's going to manifest into a, something called brain fatigue. It can also be overcommitment for those of you overzealous, like I want to really improve on my 5K. It's, it's got to happen, you know, meaning you're committed to, to such a big task, you might not have the time available to finish. It's not just mentally training, but it's also counterproductive. And then, of course, the oh no moment, you know, avoidance and procrastination, you know, contrary to popular belief, um, procrastination is more taxing for your brain than actually getting the job done. For anybody who's ever overcome procrastination, you know that once you get it done, it's like, hey, this wasn't so bad after all. But the moment when you're in there and you're trying to avoid that track session, I mean, you are already preparing yourself for what excuse you're going to give. What are you going to say? <laughs> and hey, to those of you that are perfectionists, that's a double-edged sword. I mean... Uh, you know, that's going to be a self-sabotaging habit. And we'll get more into that into uh, next week's podcast where we're going to talk a bit about injuries as well. Not to, not to like be, oh, scared, watch out. No, just to, just to point out what can happen. Uh, I just want to mention one more thing about, which I read about the National Sleep Foundation, actually. Um, it says that adults, of course, 79 hours, uninterrupted sleep to stay healthy. And... Of course, this is also important for the brain rejuvenation. I've spoken about that as well before, uh, the REM phase, which needs to set in. So the sleep deprivation can make your mind, of course, let's say foggy. You know, you're just weary and it will adversely affect your, your mood. Oh, no, I don't want to go then. Then your focus, once you're on the track, oh, I'm not really, ah, oh, let me just, you know, I'm just going to run around the track. You know, your alertness and your productivity is going to suffer. Again, so to beat that Thursday oh no moment, rather than just looking at your sleep and what have you, how can you learn how to use that, that ref count on your car or, or maximize the functions on your iPhone, on your Google phone, on your Nokia phone, whatever you have? Now, how can you learn to maximize the run training and avoid mental exhaustion? Now, adopting the following strategies, they're going to help ease mental fatigue. Getting your sleep, of course, looking at your nutrition. But now, you need to stay organized. See, it's always the basics. Oh, we're expecting like something like, oh, this is it. This is the secret. Finally, I will know. Let the light shine upon me. Oh, 
oh, now I'm illuminated. No, it's stay organized. Stick to your run plan. Even if you are struggling with it, struggling with it is better than abandoning it. Stick to it. Be realistic. Make a list of important workouts that you're not going to skip. If you know you're susceptible to, to skipping every now and then, that there's a, make a, make a uh, underline it. This is what I'm going to do no matter what. And to do this, you need to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, Holding yourself accountable becomes easier if you rethink your milestones rather than your goal. Don't give up on your goal. Just rethink the milestones. Milestones are so flexible. You can move them forward back a week or two. I'm feeling a niggle here. Let me move this out for a week. But your goal, you're not going to change. And then one of the most important ones invent new run routes there's nothing like a change of scenery why do we go on holiday why do we change the wallpaper inside the house? who enjoys changing wallpaper i mean but we do it because it's a change of scenery right then da big drum roll the cooper test that is really the best measure of maximizing your ref counter for those of you that are worried because, hey, you know, it's an old test. I don't know. Isn't there anything new you can teach, Heiko? Hey, old is gold. You see, the length of the run is considered to be that of a, of a long-distance run. So since everything above three kilometers is rated long-distance, which means the runner will primarily use his slow oxidative muscle cells. And the Cooper test, it's just a test of physical fitness. Uh, actually, it was designed in 1968 by, by Kenneth Cooper uh, for the U.S. military. And um, the, the, in its original form, the point was to, that you run as far as possible within 12 minutes. So pacing is important, obviously, as, as a runner. You will not cover it at a maximum distance. You know, if you start too fast, you're going you're gonna to lose speed later on. And you get better with this as you do it over the year. Now, what you need to do is just go on a standard 400 meter tartan track or something similar. And the point of the test is to run again as far as possible within 12 minutes. And what you need is concentration and you'll get better with every time you do it. Analysis of the test result is by comparing it with your previous result for this test. Now, it's, it's expected that with with the appropriate training, you, you will improve as your VO2 max, the anaerobic and aerobatic, uh, aerobatic, aerobic thresholds uh, improve. And this is a fact. They will. There's nothing that, that, that um, can be the contrary. There are lots of online sites where you can then enter your data and you compare it and all of that. I'm not going to go into that. So you, you, there's no excuses. There's minimum equipment required. It's simple to do. And... Hey, you know, you as a runner yourself, you can be the administrator of this test. So there you go. If you're going to have a reference for when you want to improve. Improve from here where you are now to your next milestone. And doing this systematically and occasionally. It's not like driving your car every day to, to, to the limit. I mean, you don't use your iPhone's full resources every day. But knowing that you can find what you want on your iPhone or knowing that you can push your car further and applying this to your run, that your Thursday sessions, that they, you eliminate mental fatigue, will ensure that you are physically strong. And that's where you'll train for a higher VO2 max. And that's where you're going to become a, a better runner. It's about moderate improvements. And of course, by, by learning mindfulness for runner, which is something I don't just talk about on the podcast. Actually, it's such a powerful tool that will not just help you in putting in more effort. It'll ensure that the time you spend running is really building and giving you benefits. 
And that's what we're about here at Advanced Endurance Coaching, helping you to become a better, stronger, and yes, smarter runner. Now, if you feel like it, hey, and you say, this is interesting, how to go about this, or hey, get in touch, send me a mail, let's jump on a free call, and let's see whether we are fit. You know, you need to be able to share a laugh every now and then, otherwise it, it isn't going to be fun. I want to give you something more before we are finished. My time is nearly up. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Wow, how powerful is that? <laughs> hey, I hope this gets you from thinking about running better to actually running better. Thanks for your time. Do share the show with someone who you think needs to hear this. And if you perhaps feel like you want to get some more notes or even a guide, hey, I want to encourage you. Why don't you, you're going to go to Amazon anyway today, aren't you? You're going to, you're going to need some batteries in cartridges. <laughs> hey, the check out the book. It's called Brain Training for Runners. Just enter my name, Heike Stribble. <laughs> it's a compact, easy to read and use guide. It's, it's, it's very cheap. I don't know what's going to be priced in your country, but it, it's nothing. It's cheaper than a magazine, but it's got high quality content, which is going to enable you to become a better, stronger and smarter runner. My name is Heiko. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.